jumping back to the message, the fifth message on this. God's covenant of increase. God's covenant of increase. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, he says, Blessed be God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So God has prepared much for believers. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Somebody, someone said, well, that's spiritual blessing. I need material blessing, physical blessing. Well, everything existed first in the spirit realm before it was manifested in the natural realm. Let me put it this way. You have eyes because God himself, who you can't see, has eyes. Your eyes is just to prove that God can see. God sees. Everything you see in the natural world, there is a heaven that you can see where people walk and talk. They're spirit beings. So everything that you see in the natural world first was in the spirit realm before you see it in the natural world. We were created in God's image. But God is a spirit. So God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So God has blessed you with whatever kind of blessing you need in your life. God has already provided that for us. In Second Second Peter also, uh, chapter 1, verse 3, God says, His divine power has given us all that we need pertaining life and godliness. God's given everything to us. So God has really blessed us. We can have increase in our lives. God has things for you. God has blessings for you. You have to settle that. God has prepared things for you. Remember in Psalm 23, He prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemy. So God has a table for you that he has prepared. And in, in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 and 10, it says, But as it is written, I has not, I has not seen, nor have entered into, no, sorry, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. So God has actually prepared some things for you because you love him. Because you have accepted Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. Not for the whole world, but especially for those who love him. So God has prepared some things for us, those who love him. It says, but God, even though I hasn't seen it, it's in the spirit realm. God has revealed these things to us. Through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things here. The deep things of God. So God has prepared things for us. To enjoy here on earth. We have to be able to know. How to access those things that God has made available to us. We have to know of them first. We have to know that they belong to us. Because God has a covenant of increase for us as his children. God, by and by, if you stay with God, your situation will change. Nobody serves God in vain. 
God said it in, 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 to the children of Israel. I didn't ask the sons of Jacob to serve me in vain. You cannot serve God and truly serve God in vain. Things may be difficult, maybe in the present, but stay with God, things will change. He's just walking His ways out for you. Your future is there for you and God will bless you. So God has these things for us. And so God tells us in Deuteronomy 8 verse 18, And you shall remember the Lord your God. Who is God? Your God. That's one thing you need to do. Always tell God, you are my God. Claim Him to be your God. The rest of the world, they are not doing that. And what God wants is for you to remember Him. You shall remember the Lord God. No, that's not what it says. You shall remember the Lord your God. So you tell God, you are my God. And David does that. You are my God. You are my God. And you keep telling him, you are my God. Because you really need a God. We need a God in our lives. And he is the God that we need in our lives. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he. Remember him, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. God gives His children power to get wealth. I think uh, the Lord spoke through uh, Pastor Roy tonight to the business people. uh, And and that's one of the things, through the things that He reveals to us. And if you take it to heart and you begin to work it, then you begin to see miracles. Miracles are not just in healing. Those are healing miracles. Then there is water turned into wine. So God does all kinds of miracles. God even made iron to swim. You know, the head of uh, the axe that you use, yeah, he made it to swim. Just float. God can do anything. God can heal your body. God can give you a brand new liver. God can give you a brand new heart. And the doctors won't understand. Uh, We don't know what's going on here, but this is not the heart that we saw before. God can give you a brand new brain. There's nothing that is impossible with God. God can do that for us. So you must remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the power to get wealth. And why? That He may establish His covenant, which He swore to you, your fathers, as it is this day. Your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He swore to them. And the way God... I'm going back a little bit on this. But the way God did it, He told Abraham, Come, follow me. And I will bless you. And then God concluded His blessing on Abraham. And He said, Through you, every family on the earth shall be blessed. And so we call that covenant the blessing of Abraham. It's called the blessing of Abraham. And within the blessing of Abraham, God has given to us the power to get wealth. These are not my ideas. These are scriptural ideas. These are God's ideas. Sometimes people get very religious and they say, we don't like that. We don't like the preaching of this thing and money and all of that. God doesn't need your opinion. He knows what he said in his word. We stay with God's word and not your opinion. The Bible says, do not lean on your own understanding. 
Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Forget what they're saying. Stay with what God says. Don't listen to them. Let God be true and every man a liar. That's the way we should go in Christianity. We're listening to people, the outsiders too much. We are conforming to the ways of the world. The ways of God are different. They, they are not as you think, otherwise we won't have the map. Because we tend to think the other direction. This is where you get the truth and know exactly what God's will is for your life. Not what man says. So I stay with the scriptures. And I believe that the scriptures will make me. The scriptures will elevate me. If I believe the scriptures, I don't have anything to worry about. I can be in peace. God's going to help me somehow, some way, God will bring me to his destiny. The destiny he has for me. He says, I know my thoughts towards you. I have a plan for your life. To bless you. To be good to you. And all I have to do is stay with him. I may be unfaithful to him, but he remains ever faithful. He is ever faithful. He says, if you deny him, he will not deny himself. God remains faithful. So that's where I can rest. That's where every one of us should enter into his rest. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He wasn't playing with words. That's the truth. Rest. Why? Because there are troubles all around. They come at us constantly, every day. You deal with one, three show up. And you're wondering, well, uh, where did this come from? And your color is different. But that's the way life is. But in Him, we can rest. And we can trust in Him. Why we don't look at the things that we see with our eyes, we trust in God's Word and God's Word alone, and let the Word make us. That's exactly how we will receive our reward when we get to heaven. Everything that God has done through His Word in your life, through His Spirit, that's what's going to stand the test. When things, the work, our works are tried by fire, only those that were done through faith in the Word of God will remain. So we need to stay with God's word. He said he has given us the power to get wealth. Notice he didn't say the power to be millionaires. Okay? Wealth. To meet every need that you have. So you have a little over to help somebody. The power to get wealth. So we need to know what this is. But let me say, say this. In the beginning, when God created the earth, and he created uh, the plants and the animals, there's a phrase there that we need to understand. Everything after his kind. And the seed within it to produce is kind. So, whatever you need, you got to sow it. It's been from the beginning. Every fruit tree after his kind. And God says, be fruitful and multiply after your kind. 
the monkey is going to be God. A monkey is always after his kind. And the Bible tells us in Genesis 8 verse 22, it says, While the earth remains, as long as this earth is in place, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, there is going to be seed time and there is going to be harvest time. Don't mix them. Sometimes we get so confused because God is God has us in a seed time. That season for sowing. When you are sowing, when it's seed time, you don't have any harvest at that time. So people get discouraged and they quit watering their seed. They quit doing what they were doing because they are not getting back the harvest. He's not harvest time yet. So keep sowing because harvest time is coming. Psalm 126, those who continually go out weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall, will doubtless come again, bringing, their she- bringing in their sheaves. So there is a time to sow and there is a time to reap. So God says, as long as the earth is in place, there will always be seed time and then there will be the harvest. When you work, that seed time, right? Your harvest is when you are paid. You can't tell the guy, before you, turn, you move even a, a stick in the place, would you pay me my salary up front? He said, you haven't done anything yet. There is seed time and there is harvest. And we can confuse both of them. And God says, cold and heat, winter and and summer, and day and night shall not cease. In other words, these things won't stop. You can never sow and not reap. It's impossible. It's almost like saying, uh, it's night now, and it will always be night. It will, we'll never have a day anymore. It's over. That's never going to happen. They are all in the same category. There's seed time and there's going to be harvest. There is cold and hot heat is going to be there. You can't stop it. You can't stop winter from coming as long as the earth remains. So is seed time and harvest. You cannot sow and not reap. And this is the secret of the power to get wealth. After God destroyed the world with water... And Noah came out of the boat, the ark, and he made the sacrifice. God smelled the, the sweet aroma. And then God declared, even after cursing the earth. You notice this was after God had cursed the earth. And then God now is setting a new principle in. And he's saying, there's going to be seed time and harvest. And God also goes with that law. Jesus was sown. Because God needed more children, more sons to himself. And Jesus himself said it to us. Except if we, he was talking about his own death. He said, except a, a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone the Son of God. 
So he himself was saying, I've got to be sown if God's going to have more children. Otherwise, I'll be the only son of God. If you want, to, if you want uh, oranges, please don't plant apples. You get apples. You plant what you want. That's why the Bible says, if you, want to, if you want friends, show yourself friendly. You get in church, people are complaining, well, nobody talks to me. Why don't you try talking to somebody for a change? And see if they won't talk back to you. You stay in your own corner, don't want to talk, to, and they see you, and they say, he looks weird. I'm not going near him. But you go out and smile at them. They come back again. It's what you, what you want is what you sow. If you want more of it, sow more of it. That's what the principle is. This is the power to get wealth. To sow what God's giving to you. We got to sow those things. Luke chapter 6. Giving is what opens the door to abundance. It's a principle. And we read the other time, God, the Bible says that God is the one who gives seed to the sower. So what is he doing? God sees every one of us as farmers. Sowing seed. Jesus said to us, give. It will, no doubt. It will, not may. If you give, it will. You may not get it right away, but it will. No doubt about it. Jesus said, give. It's a command. Give, it will be given to you. Not in the same way that you gave. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be put into your bosom. In other words, when you let it go, it's coming back to you. Just like God let go of His Son. To get many sons unto God. That's what God did. If you want to know about that, read Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9 and 10. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9 and 10. Jesus gave him his life to bring many sons unto glory. That's what he says. To bring many sons unto glory. He was sown. And God got so many sons. Including you today. Now in the spirit realm... It's all sons. Amen? No offense to the ladies. It's all sons. As God sees you as a son. That's just the way it is. So if you give, it will be given back to you. Notice Jesus didn't say anything about your work. Your job, God gives that to you to find seed so you can sow. And it's through your sowing... That God will begin to enrich your life. Give, it will be given to you. Good measure, press down, shaking together, running over, will be put into your bosom. For with this same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Second Corinthians, chapter 9, 7 and 8. Again, talking about giving. It says, each 
one should give as you have decided in your heart to give. If you are a farmer, it's what you, you give according to what you, the kind of return you want. Giving, you know about people talking about work. Work. <laughs> Giving is work. It's hard work. A preacher said every time I give a thousand dollars, I feel it in my tummy. It's hard. <laughs> he says, this thing is hard. It's real work. And has faith in it. And that's what pleases God. When you can let go of something that you need for yourself with no guarantee in the natural except you are trusting God to bring, it pleases Him. It moves Him. It moves God to act. You know, you read the scriptures where I used to wonder why, what Jesus was doing. He was preaching in the court of the women uh, that's uh, in the tabernacle, the old tab- uh, temple, the place that is called the court of the women, where everybody, the children, the women, everybody can go, and the men, except for Gentiles. And that's where Jesus did most of his ministry, the court of the women. And in that court of the women, because everybody meet there, that's where they have the offering uh, bucket, if you, have, if you will have it. And Jesus, that's where he, he when, he's, when you read in the scripture, Jesus was teaching in the temple, that's where he did his teaching. And that's where the people gathered, both men and women and children, that's where he was teaching them. And then people would give their offering. And they were giving the offering. He stopped preaching and sat by the offering bucket, watching everybody as you put your money. You know what I would do? If I saw Jesus, I would empty my pocket and see me. Hey, Lord, everything is going in here right now. Because God is watching. I wonder what happens if you put it in an envelope, and he reaches out and picks your envelope and opens it and brings it, and looks at what you really... I'm sure you'll be watching. Oh, God, he really knows what I did. If we see him do that in our church, I mean, the offering will be good for pastor that Sunday. Amen. (laughs) We'll have fun with the offering. But I started wondering, why was he so interested? When we give, we minister to him. It's a form of worship. And Jesus was going to really enjoy, just like Abraham offered up Isaac, there was a woman in the crowd that was going to give everything that she had. All that she had. And Jesus stood there and waited until she let go. He already knew what was going to happen. As soon as she let go, he was okay. He stepped out, said to them, uh, that woman gave more than everybody else. Because she gave everything that she had. And he just too funny. But, you know, we read and we stop. James, John, these guys were rich. They were fishermen. You don't know that. If you don't understand that uh, James, John, and Peter and the others were rich, let me help you understand that they were rich. When Jesus said to them, when Jesus said to them, how hard is it for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God? Do you remember that? 
it's easier for a camel to go through the mouth of a needle than for a rich man. They said, who then can be saved? We're rich. We're done, undone. How are we going to be saved? Who then can be saved? Jesus said, well, with man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. And then Peter was, still wasn't sure. He said, Lord, we left everything to follow you. Are, are we going to be part of this? Jesus said, well, this is what the answer is for you. Why? Because they had. Now, I said that to say this. If you were standing there, right? And you hear Jesus say, that woman gave all, everything that she had. And you have $10 in your pocket. Would you just stand there and not do something? I'm questioning. Would you just stand there and not help this woman? I'm sure they ran after her. You mean, Jesus, she has nothing anymore to, to go home with? That's everything? I'll run and say, hey, lady, here I go. I got $10 for you. I've already given my offering, but I still got this. Take care of yourself. I'm sure she went home just like with the boy that went home with uh, baskets of uh, bread. I'm sure she, she went home with stuff in her hand. Probably more than she's ever seen before because I'm sure all those who believed, including the wealth, wealthy people sitting here in Jesus, she gave everything, they'll help her. We don't think past what we see in Scripture. We just think, oh, these things happened in the heavens. Wow, glory. That was very spiritual. They were natural people just like us. They heard that, and I'm sure they did something for that woman. Give, and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. It says, each one should give as you have decided in your heart to give. You shall not be sad when you give. That's kind of hard. The preacher talked and made me give the money, right? Don't be sad about it. If you are sad about helping somebody, you may not get the reward. Unless it was so difficult and God was telling you, you got to give this and you're struggling, God, you know, then there is, because you are human, we have that little concern. But then God will help you to stand up in faith for you to receive the reward. But God says, don't ever be sad when you give. Don't be sad when you give. In other words, rejoice when you give. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. It's caught with praise. So you come rejoicing to give. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord, even though we're going to give. He says, don't you do that. He said, you should not be sad when you give, and you should... Not give because you feel forced to give. Don't let a preacher tell you, if you don't give, the church is going to come down. They are going to repossess the church and all of that. If you don't give now, uh, we won't have... Well, if that's the way the church has come, uh, I don't think we need to have church there. You shouldn't be feel obligated to give. If you feel obligated to give, I have to give. You just threw your money away. And I'm saying this as a pastor. If you want, now let me say this. If you sow, you're going to reap. But your attitude in giving, in sowing, is very important. That's why God is he's telling you the way you sow. You just don't go and put your seed on the ground. You're going to prepare it, right? You prepare the ground first. 
So God says one of the things you don't want to do, if you want a real good harvest, don't get sad when you give. And don't feel pressured to give. The pastor talked and talked and, well, now I've got to give. You don't have to give to anything. You have to, they tell you the need and you feel, I want to do that for this thing. We have a television program. I want to win souls. I can't go, but I can give. That's what God's talking about. Now, well, if I don't give now, pastor is not going to like this. Forget what pastor thinks. And it's wrong for pastor to even go out there and find out how much you're giving. You give only what God has placed in your heart. And he tells you exactly what to do. Sometimes we resist it. But when you resist giving what God asks you to do, to give, you are really hurting yourself. Because you were not obedient to him. And he watches that. Now let me show you something. When God says do something and you do half it, in his mind, you haven't done it. God told Saul, go and destroy the Amalekites. He went, destroyed the Amalekites, but kept certain things back. God said no. That was total disobedience. And he cursed him for it. He lost his throne for it. But as far as Saul was concerned, he told Samuel, I obeyed. I went. That wasn't enough. Half obedience is no obedience at all for God. So when God tells you, you do it, but with a joyful heart. So you give. And don't give because you feel forced to give. Because if you feel forced to give, you're not going to give cheerfully. It says, God loves the person who gives happily. Amen? Don't you want God to love you when you're giving? He loves a person who gives cheerfully or happily. When you happily give to God's work or you happily give to help somebody and you are happy to give to help that person, then God loves you. He's already, he already loves you, but this is special. Love to give back to you. That's what that means. And God that you gave to And God can give you more blessings than you need. According to the scriptures. God can give you more blessings than you need. Then you will always have plenty of everything. Can I hear the word plenty of everything? How many want plenty of everything? You will always have, not sometimes, then you will always have. That's where we need to be. You will always have, and this is scripture. That's not my opinion. If we do it the God's way, you will always have. It's a covenant of increase if we do it God's way. But every time we hesitate, the Bible says, He who puts his hand on the plow, if he looks back or hesitates, is not fit for God's kingdom. And we hesitate too much. That's including pastor. Amen. Please don't say amen to that. (laughs) But we all hesitate. But we need to go on full force with what God's asking us to do. And God can give you more blessings than you need. Then you will always have plenty of everything. Enough to give to every good work. That's what God's called us to do. Every good work. I'm going to go to uh, 2 Corinthians 
chapter 8, verse 4 through 7. Let me tell you this. It takes God's grace to be a giver. It's only through God's grace. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. If you desire it, and you study it, God will multiply His grace to your life. He says, God will multiply His grace to our lives through the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace be multiplied to you according to the knowledge. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. You see, this is a story Paul was talking to the people about the Macedonian Christians. It says they were pressuring Paul to receive from them. They were pressuring the preacher to take their money. I think every preacher in the United States will like that kind of a problem. <laughs> it says, imploring us with much urgency that we receive the gift. They were pleading with them, hey, take it. Hey, Paul. That's what was happening. It says, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. They wanted to give. And Paul was saying, you've already given enough. You guys quit. They said, no, you got to take it from us. You got to take it from us. And not only as we had hoped, we knew them. We knew that that's their nature. They love to give. Not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. In other words, this is, you are our brothers. You are ministering to people in the world. We will stay with you. We will help you to give this work out. We want to help our brothers over there. We may not have too much. We may not be as big as the rest of them. But we want to be a part of this. You got to take it from us, Paul. You got to get it from us. That's what they were saying. They implored them. Paul knew their nature. And he knew that these people love to give. But they, they didn't understand. Paul didn't even know that these people were even more into this grace of giving. So he says, not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. So we urge Titus, Paul begins to talk to them, with urge Titus that as he had begun... So he would also complete the grace in you as well. Because Titus was the one that was ministering to the Corinthians. And so he's sending Titus back to them about this thing, about giving. To complete that grace. Remember I said, giving is by grace. If God puts the grace in your life to give, you will succeed. No doubt. Some people have a hard time giving. Pray that God will give you grace and deliver you from that problem because it's going to hold you back a lot. So he said, we all start us that as he had begun, so he would also complete this grace in you as well. But as you abound in everything, 
you are bound in everything. The Corinthians, they love to speak in tongues. They love prophecy. You can read First Corinthians chapter 12, chapter 13. Paul had to tell them, you know, they abide faith, hope, and love, and all of these gifts. They love gifts of the Spirit. So Paul says, but as you abound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. Make sure you abound also in the grace of giving. That's what he's saying. Not only other gifts, make sure you are not left behind in this grace. Why? Because this is how you will prosper as a Christian. If you give, this is the principle for increase in the body of Christ. It's not the kind of job that you do. It's what you sow in the kingdom of God. I'm going to conclude with this so you can understand because this is the way God is. When God says he's going to bless us, I think about Abraham. God, in chapter 12 of Genesis, God told Abraham, I will bless you that enable you to be wealthy. In chapter 13, Abraham, just verse 1 in chapter 13. Chapter 12, God spoke to him beginning from verse 1. Chapter 13, verse 1. God was already saying Abraham was very rich. How did he get his riches? He went into Egypt where there was famine. That's when he got rich. When there was famine in everywhere. By the time he left the house of Pharaoh, Pharaoh had given him so much, the man was wealthy in gold, silver, everything. Including employees. Just one one chapter. So we're talking about the blessing of Abraham. How it works. How God can minister to you. Why God, Jesus said, give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Men will, it will be put into your bosom. Why? Listen to this scripture. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 28. It says, let him who stole steal no longer. So if you are stealing, you steal because you believe you don't have much. Right? So you're stealing to try to meet your need. He goes to church, but he's a thief. That's a bad thing. (laughs) He who stole, let him steal no longer. But rather, let him labor. In other words, find a job. Go get a job and work. Don't try to steal from other people's labor. Get a job. Working with his hands. What is good? So he has needs. He has to work. I believe you will say he has to work to meet his needs, right? Is that not the way to say it? Meet your own need by working. But that's not the way God puts it. It says... Working with his hands, what is good? Why? That he may have something to give. That he may have something to give. Not to meet his own need. He was already a thief. He says, go and work. I think, okay, work so you can meet your needs so you don't have to steal. But that's not what the scripture says. He says, work with your hands, that's which is good, so you have to give. Because Through your giving is how God's going to bring abundance into your life. If you don't give, 
you got nothing. So in first, Second Corinthians chapter 9, God's the one who gives seeds to the sower. So every one of us is a sower as in God's mind. So when money comes into your hand and you can read everything in, concert, in, in, in the way it is in the scripture, in context, everything that Paul was saying in chapter, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9, everything was about money. He wanted money for ministry. And that's what he was talking about. Giving cheerfully and, you know, all of that. Giving sparingly and giving, uh, you know, all, uh, scantily. All of those things were said because he wanted you to sow. Because it's in through your giving that God gives back to you. And here Paul is saying the same principle to this guy. You used to steal. Stop stealing. Go and work so you have money to give. Because it's through your giving that God will begin to return the abundance to you. Give, it shall be given to you. Good measure. Press down. Shaking together. Running over. Why? Because that's a covenant God has with us. Is the covenant of increase. And so a lot of ministers, you wonder how there are ministers on television constantly saying, send me $1,000. And you're thinking to yourself, these guys that are sending the money to these preachers are silly. They're nuts. These preachers are taking advantage of them. You're not giving to the preacher. You think they won't find out? If it's not working for them, they'll stop. Right? But they found something that the rest of us don't know. The preacher can do with whatever he wants to do with it. I didn't give it to the preacher. I gave it to God. They're not giving it to the preacher. They're giving it to their God. So the rest of us were laughing. And they are laughing to the bank. That's the issue. There is a spiritual law that we need to understand. Does it make sense to your head? But follow it and try it and see what's going to happen. Try it and see what God's going to do. Try it. That's what this message is all about. If you haven't tried it before, try it. And see what God... Jesus won't just tell us, give, and it will be given. He's not going to lie to you. He He sowed his life. If you're having a difficulty, you have difficulty, so sometimes you don't have... But you can sow your talents. And God will begin to bless you. But you do, the little you have, you keep sowing and it's going to increase. It will always go this way. Never down like that. If you stay. And nobody can touch you. When God blesses you, nobody's going to touch you. That Nobody's bringing you down. It's not like it's going to be bad tomorrow. No. If they fire you here, that's because God's got something better for you. And it will always work that way for us. Amen? So we have a covenant with God. It's a covenant of increase. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. But in that, there is a principle there. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. The path of righteousness, one of the paths, is your true giving to the work of God. So that God can minister to you. I will encourage you today, in our church, I don't check who gives what. That's not my job. And so I can freely speak to people, because I trust God. If I need the money for our church, I pray. And then I, give, I let the people know we need this. 
And God has always done, done, it's always given to us. When we started our church initially in my home, I don't know if we were even up to 20 people. And we were, in three months, we were able to raise, including the money that came from our, the uh, other church, with about $9,000. We were able to raise over 30, about $35,000 in three months. We were asking ourselves, where, Pastor, where is the money coming? I said, I should be asking you because I don't understand this. And there was nobody in the, in the place that had a very great job at that time. It was just us. And God did it for us. So I've learned to trust him. Especially when it comes to ministry. I can trust him because I know this is his work. I, he's going to take care of it. And so I don't check what anybody gives. And remember one man told me, he's a very wealthy man. He told me, Pastor, you should be glad that I'm coming to your church. And I said, oh, wow. Uh, I had to hold my tongue back from saying something not too nice to him. Because I could, you're not coming to my church. If you want to serve Jesus, come. I'm just part of the church as well. But after he said that, I knew he thought he was wealthy. So... Uh, he's helping our church. So I told God, please send him away from our church. I don't need him. Kick him out, God, please. Send him away from our church. I don't need his money. And I certainly don't need him here. A few days later, he called me. and said, Pastor, I'm sorry. Uh, something happened. We have, to, we have to leave. We're not going to come to your, your church anymore. But you know, we love you. I said, don't worry about it, brother. But he's okay. And after I dropped the phone, I was saying, thank you, Jesus, he's gone. He's gone. Thank you, Lord. We didn't miss his offering. Amen? Because we serve a living God. God is. We have to know that. If there is no God, we're just kidding ourselves, sitting here for two hours, wasting time. I know there is a God. We just need to know how to lock him with him. And watch what he does for, our, for us. Amen? He's going to bless you, every one of you. Can I hear an amen? amen? Good things are coming your way. The principles you are hearing tonight, they are going through your mind. But even before you know it, they are already in your heart. I'm telling you. Because that's what the Bible says. It's in your heart. And as you keep speaking of it, God will begin to bless you. This is a blessed group of people that I'm seeing in front of me. Amen? God's going to bless you. And I'm not just speaking. This is the truth. God's going to bless you. Stand up with me tonight. You are a blessed people. Amen. Put your hand out like that. Say, my hands are blessed. My hands are blessed. Everything I touch, surely, must be blessed. My hands are blessed. Everything I touch, surely, must be blessed. Okay, now touch your neighbor. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Nobody touched me. I'm not too happy with you guys. <laughs> 